0: Everyone has an interesting story to tell. This is where I share some of those stories. Welcome to the Interested Man podcast with me, your host, Matt Green. I believe everyone is interesting, but we can't be interested in everyone. My guest, loves technology and thinking about the future. On Instagram, he posts a series called Texts with Sandy," sharing messages with his wife, and they're absolutely hilarious. (laughs) He could be the director of the Anti-Social Social Social Club. He's a big rugby fan and owner of a new puppy during COVID. I would like to welcome Mikey to this episode. Thank you,
1: Matt. It's been, uh, yeah, don't get a dog during lockdown. It's a terrible idea. That's my, my word of advice. No, he's growing on me now.
0: So far, I know parts about your life, which I've found really interesting, which is why I've wanted you um, to be on this podcast, but I would love to hear it from you. So Mikey, what's your story, man?
1: Uh, Look, being put on the spot. um, Look, I think, you know, going back to your your thing about technology, I, I think technology, since I was like a little kid, it's something that has really defined a lot of my life. I remember going to the video shop and seeing the video games at the video shop when you pay 20 cents. And I just knew from that point that that's what I was going to do. And I was obsessed with it. You know, I was always wanting to play video games and just like be around new tech and things like that. And, you know, this is the 80s. So (laughs) new tech is quite laughable these days, but dad bought me a, a Dick Smith electronics kit. And I built a, uh, a radio out of that. And, you know, I've just always been interested in that. I think that's kind of really shaped my perspective on the world and shaped, you know, ultimately my career. It's been interesting because I think I'm part of the last generation to sort of to straddle, I guess, both sides of, of this sort of technology revolution. You know, when I grew up with, as a kid, we didn't really have the internet and the pervasiveness of technology that we do now. You know, I think the most advanced piece of technology I had was a VHS player. And now it's just everywhere. And I think that's been a really interesting, uh, I guess, part of how I see the world. And I guess also the, the work that I do is, is sort of thinking about that straddling of how technology plays such a big part in our lives.
0: Technology being part of your life now and what you do as a career, like, what does it mean to you? Does it mean the same as what it did when you first were introduced to it?
1: I always thought that it could... Help me to explore and see things that I could never have imagined or, you know, so I think that was kind of the part of, of gaming, you know, what's it like to fly a plane or, you know, or fight dragons and all that kind of stuff, you know, all those sorts of things as a kid that you just do in your imagination. Here was this thing that could let me uh, do that for real, you know, and things evolved and I guess technology became more and more a part of our lives. I, I started to actually see it in the context of, yes, it's doing great things and and it's helping connect us and educate us and redistribute wealth and that kind of stuff. I also started to see a lot of the things that we were losing. You know, my first job was actually working at uh, match.com, which is the very early online dating. And this is back, you know, when it doesn't have the same place in in culture as it does now with, with sort of Tinder and Bumble and those things. This is back in the day where it was really seen as like a last resort for love, you know, to go on the internet, it's almost the first way that people find love these days. And, and I started to really notice the shift in how technology was changing, how we interact and and talk to each other and, and kind of express ourselves. And, and I really started to, I guess, explore that in my career, but also explore that sort of creatively outside of work. and, And what I also studied as part of my master's, which is Ironic for you to, you know, I'm famously antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me to uh, spend a lot of time thinking about how technology is changing the way that we socialize and interact and, and build our relationships is quite ironic. I, I do pick up on that. But um, it, it's, I guess it's not a nostalgia for the way it used to be. But it's, uh, you know, you sort of see some of the stuff that Mark Zuckerberg has, has done with Facebook and the decisions he's made to benefit himself and to benefit his shareholders versus that which would benefit the greater society. I think is probably the the the, the struggle and, and the way that I see what I do as a creative technologist playing a part of.
0: As a creative technologist, you've always looked at how technology can better people, haven't you, or be better for people? Yeah. Like that's been the heart of it for you from what I'm... I didn't know you worked at Match.com, actually, but it makes sense to me Knowing other things you've done in the industry that yeah. helping others improve XYZ has really been at the core for you is is that fair in saying that?
1: Yeah, it has and there's been a few projects I've worked on, like the Vodafone Dream Lab where you know it's like your phone while you're going to sleep can be beneficial to everyone else and so we worked with Vodafone to you know develop a way that you could help process. Medical research data to find cures for cancer, and eight nine years on, it's still going. And they've been recently doing some COVID nineteen projects. So for me, like that is probably one of the great successes of my life. Is I was able to sort of see the opportunity of a piece of technology and and work with people that had sort of resources and capabilities to to bring these ideas to life and and make a meaningful impact in the world. and And I think. You know, that's really been what I want to do. And and now that I'm a father, you know, I, my four-year-old daughter, I think about, well, what is the world that, that she will inherit from me? And how can, you know, my work that I do with technology, you know, influence and change so that the world will be a better place for her to inherit? And I think that's, you know, the kind of the motivations that I have as well is that this technology, I guess, just gives us such great capabilities to do such amazing things. And it often gets caught up in making someone money versus making the world better. And I don't think those two things need to be in competition. I think that they can be complementary.
0: I just picked up on something, especially talking about your daughter as well. But like my question is, how do you see the world?
1: My wife and I have quite often debated. This is that I inherently see the good in people while she is let's say somewhat more pessimistic about people's motivations. And this has actually been something that is a bit of a, a blind spot in my, my personality is that I inherently believe that people are, are good and they want to do good and they want to be good. And whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think there's a lot of hope and an optimism in, in me that that ultimately people care about each other and they want the best for each other and so i guess that that's kind of how i see the world and i think I have to believe that ultimately that we want to be getting better each iteration or each generation we want to be better and it's sometimes it's easier to focus on the negative i'm not sure if that answered your question but um no it definitely yeah. does. It yeah. does well
0: it's it's your answer to the question for you yeah. and it, uh, it resonates as well I'm interested how the conversations go between I'm not after any juicy details. I'm just like in general, right? Like I I actually love hearing about conversations with people when we don't agree, when we can have a conversation about it and agree to disagree and say, no worries. I heard you, you heard me, let's move on. So is that something you're able to do as a husband and wife?
1: At our core, we are similar and we want to be going in the same direction. And I think, Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be able to be married. We'd probably just be at each other's throats. But I think that's probably one of the the things that I have developed the most. And it's kind of part of the requirement of my job to be able to empathize and put myself in other people's shoes. And that kind of skill been quite beneficial as I'm able to sort of see from the perspective of other people and understand their motivations and understand why they feel the way they do and what drives them. So even if they are maybe politically or ideologically in conflict with me, I still would try to take the time to understand their story and their motivations and how they have come to the place that they are so that I can understand them and, and know why they think and feel the way that they do, because I think that's valuable to me in that moment, there might be a way for us to connect or understand each other better and, maybe move forward differently. So I kind of think, I spend, you know, as an example, I spend a lot of time sort of understanding kind of right-wing politics, which is, you know, the opposite to me to understand why they have the ideology that they do. And, you know, I I don't think this kind of things like struggling to buy a home, it's, it's something that we all share, but I guess how we approach that and our manifestation of our anger or the manifestation of our politicking, I guess, comes out differently based on who you are and your life experience. So I think at the core, we both want the same thing. We're just kind of coming at it in different ways. So by being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, you can hopefully find some middle ground to move that forward. And, and for me, I see technology as a way that we can all, you know, we can do that ourselves and we no longer require, you know, large organizations or whatever to, be the change is that we have the tools and the ability and the and the resources to be able to do it ourselves now so i think that's kind of how i'm able to to see the world differently even if if it is incongruent with what i would do or how i would see the world
0: and to have been developing a better understanding of people um and you know others thoughts versus your thoughts like have you been educating yourself in any way? Is it self-learning? Have you been doing courses? like Because, you know, it really ties in with technology moving forward, right? Because to understand yeah. users and, and whatever you're creating, you need to understand the end user. So it's all tied in. So I just wondered, yeah, is it all been? How have you been learning more about understanding people better?
1: So the last, I guess, six months, I've really been, I guess, focusing on my very work related skills, you know, how do I do what I just said in a work environment in a structured way and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it would be what you would call, you know, UX research or, and, you know, using the tools and the frameworks and all of those kinds of very formal things. But ultimately it just comes down to talking with people, you know, asking them open-ended questions. And also I would spend a lot of time, I guess, observing people and, you know, sort of watching what they do and trying to understand why they do things the way they do. And, and these are sort of all broadly designed thinking type concepts, but it just comes down from just, you know, having an interest in people and, and what drives them. And I think, you know, design agencies are trying to formalize that. So it's more accessible to everyone. But ultimately that is um, what I do. And I guess I'm very introverted and and reflective you know i spend a lot of time thinking and reading and and trying to understand things and understand the world around me i guess so that i'm i guess able to navigate my way through life and i think very recently you know i've kind of realized that that's probably developed into somewhat of a uh a negative headspace um probably taking on too much and, and you know sort of developing anxiety around things that i can't control and I think that's probably a bit to do with we've all been in lockdown for two years and it's been tough for everyone and you feel a bit trapped and, uh, you know, talking with people as well and and being open about my experience has also sort of helped me to not just be the observer, but also be part of the conversation and be able to offer and help and and talk to others as well, which is... um, yeah, rather than just, you know, being a sponge of information and get everything out, it's also being able to contribute and be a part of the conversation and help others, which is something I've really tried to push myself to do. So eventually I might actually go and socialise with people, but we'll we'll see how we go.
0: Or you might be a, a robot. <laughs> or I might be a robot. <laughs> control control yourself from somewhere else, from your home yeah, from yeah. your sofa.
1: Ah. Oh.
0: That would be the dream,
1: Matt. That actually would be the dream.
0: So, what? It, what is based on that? Then, like, what is your favorite thing about technology?
1: Oh, let me give you a sec. I would say the ability to experience a world that I might not have ever been able to experience, and, and I guess that comes in many different ways. So, you think about you know, sort of your VR and your AR kind of things that I can see the world in a different way. So maybe I could see data overlaid on the world and that gives me a better appreciation of the world around me. Or I think one of the really um, early things that I saw using um, VR headsets was you uh, just floating around in space. And it genuinely felt like you were floating around in space and you could kind of look at the stars and you could look at the planets and all those kind of things. So I think that's the thing that I really love about technologies is your ability to see the world differently or, or be a part of an imagined world. And I guess that ties really into a lot of gaming. I, I don't get to game as much now being a dad, but being able to just, you know, explore other worlds and, and be other people and, and kind of just, you know, live an imagined future, I think is something that I really love about technology. And from, a, I guess, a purely practical point of view, I, I'd like to continue to disrupt what is established and what is known, and that usually comes for the benefit of people. You know, you sort of see a lot of these fintechs disrupting old banking ways to make, you know, investing and, and things like that more accessible to the, to the common person, you know. So now there's an opportunity for, you know, younger generations to be wiser with their money to reap the same benefits that those before us, you know, did so they can get houses, they can, you know, they don't need to work nine to five, they can start their own business, you know, all these things, the technology, the freedom that technology enables, I guess, is is one of the things that I, I really love as well, And the disruption and the freedom that it brings. Yeah. I think those are probably the two, the two aspects that I love about technology.
0: Then what do you dislike about technology?
1: I actually did a project um, uh, around this as kind of an exploration, which is about you know when I worked at Match.com, they had the Match.com or something like the Match.com method to to match you to some person. It was essentially twenty-four data points, and you would say like I like dogs, I like cheeseburgers, I like the beach, I like this, and then some program would go right. You like dogs? This person like dogs? Match you know, and so we just kind of looked at you as 24 different data points. And then someone else is 24 other different data points. And the amount of data points that connected, that meant you are a match. And for me, it was, that took a lot of the the serendipity and the, the chaos and the unknown of relationships out of meeting people. And I think that's kind of the, the constant struggle that technology has right now is you know, technology is ones and zeros, it's black and white, it's on or off, you know, but we as humans, we're not like that. We're shades of gray and there's complexity and it's just incongruent with technology. And, and so I think that um, in terms of the conversations I'm having with people is that they, they feel that the technology they're using is, it's almost tricking them into continuing to engage them and and it's distracting and they feel that it's actually taking away from them versus making their lives better or adding to them, you know, they sort of find themselves scrolling through Instagram. And I think there's kind of this seeping insidiousness with technology that it's designed to steal our attention and sell that to someone else. I think that is probably one of the, the negatives that I see kind of becoming part of our everyday life.
0: I I hadn't thought of that data point match idea behind the apps. Like it does totally take the part of the excitement out of meeting someone. I met my partner using an online app. I think of other people who, especially that idea of I have a dog or, you know, those really simple uh, data points that someone else you get matched with someone else that has a dog and you start chatting and you're like, Oh, I have a dog. Oh, so do I, we love dogs. It's kind of like, the computer already knew that (laughs) and it's it it removes the fun of actually i guess subconsciously if you keep chatting to more and more people you might you might subconsciously go oh i don't even ask them because i just guess they've got a dog because i've got a dog like i wonder i've never psychologically thought about something like that but it's definitely exciting but part of it does take that getting to know someone
1: one of the other aspects that i'm discovering as well is this kind of idea of the grass is always greener so because we have so much access to people and things to watch on Netflix or it's, it's almost like everything isn't valued as much as because it's, there's always potentially something better to do or, or better to look at or even better to meet. I, I often think about like what opportunities might I have missed or something like that because, you know, I was kind of always trying to find the next thing to engage me. And I think I I kind of didn't really get into the Tinder dating profile stuff. I was married before then, but there's a guy that I used to work with and he he just swiped every single woman and just was like, see who matches with me and then I'll make the assessment then. And it's just, for me, that was mind-boggling. I don't know, maybe I'm sounding a bit like a boomer now, but by being able to, I guess, focus on one thing and understand and appreciate one thing, You can truly understand if this is something of value to add into your life or to spend time with, versus quickly flicking through thirty-second TikToks for hours on end,
0: making us less and less smart every minute. (laughs) Yeah, maybe,
1: or maybe smarter. I learned some. I, I used, I installed TikTok recently for work and. I've learned some new stretches. I've learned some new cooking techniques. So I guess there is value in it as well. But I think it's maybe it's the balance which is the issue versus the, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder what that percentage is. And I'm sure they know it, right? Yeah, because yeah I'm, they do. Sure. But that I'm sure TikTok of, can tell me, yeah. Yeah, that percentage of one interesting video that shows you how to fold that fitted sheet you've never been able to fold versus the 400 yeah. other videos you just flicked through for the last 25 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Exactly. Like incredible the amount we scroll through. I feel like I want to stay on the technology train for this episode uh, okay. <laughs> because I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it. And, and I, something came up for me and in the eight, in the eighties as a kid, my favorite game was double dragon two. So I want Ooh. to know what was, what was your favorite game?
1: I think it would be super Mario brothers three. I just think it's, it was just the perfect, it's the perfect game. I think it, it's, um, cause the what was that on what device? Uh, Nintendo, but yeah, it was just such a great game. And, um, you know, people are still playing it today. It's still a classic today. Like there was a guy I was watching on Twitch last night and he was, he's still playing super Mario brothers three, still trying to get the world record and doing it at the fastest possible speed, you know? So, and I can hear the music in my head and all the noises and the sounds and loved everything about it.
0: It's great to yeah hear these insights into your world. And there's one last question that I want to ask and yes. where it goes, who knows? Um, I like to ask this of all my guests. So, Take your time, have a think about it. You don't have to answer straight away. Answer when you're ready. But the question is, okay. what is your biggest achievement to date? Oh,
1: if I, yeah, if I was to think about all the things in my life, you know, and if you took them away, would that be devastating to me? The only thing that I, I couldn't handle living without is my daughter. So I think for me it would be my greatest achievement, I think. I never realized how capable I was for love until my daughter came around. And, and, you know, I think that really sort of shaped and changed me and changed my perspective on the world because I realized that it's no longer about me. It's no longer about, you know, there's things I'm going to have to give up. There's things I'm going to have to change. And there's just things about me that I needed to work on so I could be Uh, a good dad for her so you know, she would be happy, that she would be healthy and that she had everything she needed to succeed in a world which is getting increasingly harder and harder to succeed in. I think, yeah, my daughter would be my greatest achievement and I think the the impact that that has had on me to be a better person I think is probably like a, what's the word, a mutually beneficial (laughs) thing that has happened out of all of that
0: what i actually love most about that is how you broke down like aspects of your life to get to that answer as opposed to saying oh my daughter you were like if i was to remove these things in my life like what would what would i not be willing to give up essentially what a brilliant way to (laughs) assess the answer to that question thank you for that
1: no it was good it's, um, you don't really sit down and think about these things often, but it's, it's actually good to take the time to just, <laughs> I guess, be asked these questions, I guess.
0: To be able to sit, reflect, you know, and, yeah. and have a conversation where, because our words are important and with technology and everything else as a kind of ending to this episode, like we get so lost in it and we get so taken by it and we send very rough, quick messages to people and we don't even write proper sentences anymore and Fast moving, that to sit and actually have conversations with people, you know, and listen to each other. I think there's real beauty in that. That just used to exist. Now we need to look for it. That's a sad part of it, I think.
1: Yeah, you're right. And loneliness is a big issue. And you're right. And it's purely because everyone's talking and no one's listening. And and yeah, there's not that connection that comes through conversation and sitting and and listening.
0: So, well, thank you for talking. I enjoyed listening. (laughs) well thank you
1: I enjoyed being listened to
0: (laughs) thanks uh, thanks Mikey for being on this episode of The Interested Man I really appreciate it yeah thanks Matt it's good to talk thank you to my guest today on The Interested Man podcast I love listening to people sharing their story if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more please subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts and share it with people you think will enjoy this. Until next time, stay interested in others.